0: This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. Back in June, merger talks between FCA and Renault collapsed, but the possible alliance isn't dead yet. According to a report from the Wall Street Journal, Nissan and Renault are trying to work on a deal to reduce the French automaker's 43.4% stake in Nissan to revive merger talks with FCA. The deal needs approval from the French government, which owns 15% of Renault. The discussion started soon after FCA yanked the proposal off the table in June, and a memorandum of understanding on the restructuring could be announced as soon as September. Last week, we teased we have some information on the new Mustang GT500, and let's start with what most people want to know. It makes 760 horsepower and 625 pound-feet of torque. The hand-built 5.2-liter V8 is based on the GT350 engine. It has the same bore and stroke, but Ford touched just about everything. The heads have been CNC ported, it has higher tension valve springs, the valve covers are aluminum, not plastic, and the head bolts are longer. It needs those longer bolts, in part because the in-cylinder pressure is much higher than the GT350, over 1800 PSI versus about 1150 PSI. The head gaskets also required an extra active layer to improve sealing. Compression ratio on this engine is 9.5 to 1. But of course the biggest difference between the two engines is the 2.65 liter supercharger from Eaton that sits on top of the GT500 engine. Ford picked the reverse flow supercharger with an air to water intercooler mounted on top because it was able to shove the assembly down in the V of the engine which allowed it to keep the hood height lower. The supercharger makes 12 PSI. And as you can bet, cooling both inside and out of the engine is very important. With the ability to corner at one and a half Gs, the 11-quart oil pan features active baffles to keep the oil below the pickup tube. The openings in the front fascia are 50% larger than the GT350 and it features a total of seven coolers or heat exchangers. The car actually has enough cooling to support 800 horsepower, but all the power from the engine passes through a seven-speed wet DCT from Tremec. There's five driving modes to help the driver get the most out of the car, depending on the situation. In sport mode, the shifts are faster than the blink of an eye at 80 milliseconds, but in drag mode, the shifts are actually slower to get the maximum power to the rear wheels. Ford is only given a zero to 60 time in the mid three second range, but did say the car will do zero to 100 and back down to zero again in 10.6 seconds. The GT500 will be on sale this fall with an all-in starting price of just under $74,000. Dana is a global automotive supplier. Since 1904, we have been finding a better way by providing technologies that propel our vehicles into the future. And today, we are developing the technologies that are driving tomorrow's electrified vehicles. Dana, people finding a better way. There's only three major car companies that make motorcycles, BMW, Honda, and Audi, which owns Ducati. And while motorcycles are a relatively small part of their business, they enjoy the highest profit margins in those companies. BMW's car operations now only make a 3% profit margin, but its motorcycle operations make over 14%. Honda cars have a 4% margin, but its motorcycles are at 13%. And while Audi makes 8% on its cars, it makes 10% on its motorcycles. Who knew that bikes could be so profitable? In racing news over the weekend, Lewis Hamilton won the Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix in his Mercedes. Max Verstappen actually led most of the race from pole position in his Red Bull Honda, but Hamilton passed him with only four laps left in the race. In NASCAR, Chase Elliott won in his Chevy at the road race at Watkins Glen. The IMSA race at Road America turned out to be a drag race to the end in the DPI category. Mazda teamed Yost Edged out Acura team Pensky by just two tenths of a second. Ford Chip Ganassi Racing took the victory in the GTLM class. And speaking of racing, starting in 2022, IndyCars will use 2.4-liter V6 engines with 800 horsepower, 50 more than the 2.2-liter engines used today. And they're going to be hybrids. That means they'll have an electric motor that will add another 50 horsepower. Altogether, drivers will have 900 horses to tap into. It also means that if they spin out and stall the engine, they'll be able to start them with the hybrid system and not have to rely on pit crews or track personnel to get it started. Since automakers need to electrify their production engines, IndyCar and other racing series have to keep up to date. Automakers want to race the kind of technology that they have in their showrooms, and that means hybrids. Autoline Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion, Dana, people finding a better way, and by Yazaki, power, data, display. Despite the trend in the industry to move away from sedans and replace them with SUVs, Nissan believes there's still plenty of customers who want sedans. Here's Autoline's Jack Hallahler with more.
1: While many OEMs are abandoning their sedans, Nissan is coming on strong with an entry model. The 2020 Nissan Versa was designed specifically to appeal to people who need that kind of car. Nissan's plan for the Versa is aimed at people who want a car to be nothing more than a way to get from point A to B safely. So the target market for this new Versa, basically this car can appeal to all ages, but we've got our first timers, those that are just entering the workforce or still in college. We've got our full families that may be interested in this. There's this cabin space, is very spacious inside. There's room for a family of four or more in this vehicle. And we also have those that, you know, like the Millennials today and the Gen Z's, they want to have money to spend on their experiences. So this car, because of the great value that it has, they're able to still have their experiential life as well as have a very good quality car that gives them everything they need and is completely connected. The new Versa is a rather unassuming car. It drives exactly how you would expect a subcompact with 122 horsepower naturally aspirated four cylinder wood. A little slow to accelerate onto the freeway, but you get what you pay for. The 1.6 liter engine gets an EPA estimated 35 combined miles per gallon. It's not sporty, but keep in mind Nissan's target market for this model. The 2020 Versa has been redesigned on the inside and out. It features a seven inch touchscreen with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, front and rear automatic braking, and best-in-class legroom in all three trims. The exterior styling is also more modern and matches the other sedans in Nissan's lineup. The 2020 Versa comes in three trim levels, S, SV, and SR. The S starts at 14K for a five-speed manual and 16K for a CVT. The SV starts at 17640 and the SR around 18K. Both the SV and SR can only be optioned with Nissan's new Xtronic CVT. You'll have to add the destination price too, and that will run you an extra $895. The new CVT, what it gives you is a 20% wider, uh, lower gear that is going to give you a better performance from a standing start so you can get a, a, a quick uh, kickoff. While the Versa isn't exactly an exciting car, it certainly is a great, inexpensive vehicle. It's full of safety options, has decent cargo space, and can get over 30 miles per gallon, all for under $20,000 on any trim level.
0: For AutoLine Daily, I'm Jack Hellauer. Thanks for that report, Jack. That wraps up today's show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.